up, y'all? Hey, folks. Welcome to this most unbelievable podcast. We are your hosts, Paul Fitzgerald. And Sherry Spiegel. You're listening to season two, our first summer season. For the next few months, we'll take a look at a thread we began last season in our Rates of Things episode. We'll take several episodes to explore how we process and experience things. First in the body. Then in the mind. And finally, and most challengingly, in the heart. We would love your feedback, so please feel welcome to leave us a comment or a question on the Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thepaulandsherrypod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also find all of this on our website, thismostunbelievablelife.com. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. And if you like the show, we'd appreciate your rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out, too. We're so glad you're joining us on this journey. And on with the show. Press. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hey, Sherry, how are you? Hey, Paul. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am doing pretty well. I am I'm doing pretty well. Hey, a little bit you know, of a vacay over here. I was going to say, our listeners can't see that you have a different backdrop than you normally do. I have a different backdrop. I have a different foredrop. I have a different side drop. I have a window with different things outside of it. I mm-hmm. am not in my home Woo. at the moment. And it's funny, like, about five months ago, that wouldn't be news. Like, no one would care. But in the middle of a pandemic, like, ooh, Paul is in a new place. Tell us more. Yeah, Yeah, five months ago, the conversation would be, why the hell are you recording a podcast? Shouldn't you be on vacation? (laughs) That would have been the the question from not only others, but myself as as well. You know, things are are changed. Things have changed now, you know. Um, Indeed. It's not so much a uh, vacation so much as it is a, a working holiday vacation, sort of uh, just getting out of the out of the house with different walls around. Yeah. Uh, just to be somewhere, just to be socially distant somewhere else for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I think. what made you decide to pack up and go to a different place to work? Uh, I was going nuts uh, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Just. Being in the same place day in and day out, which is fine. I mean, I, I, I like our condo a lot. We're in a nice place. Um, we have beautiful surroundings and rest and easy to get around and take walks, even socially distanced ones. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's nothing about getting away from something you don't like. Um, it's just, I've been in that house all day, every day for four months. Yeah. Um, and I, it didn't become, like a, a big intolerable thing that was that was seemed like it was overly pressing. It was just like every day you wake up and you're going to spend another day in this place and you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just the it was the everydayness of it. I think that was starting to get to me a little bit. But get to me it was, you know. So I don't want to minimize this either. It was starting to get to me a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think it speaks to. I mean, even during the quote unquote normal times Mm -hmm. um we have this concept of the day in day out i know david foster wallace talks about it in his commencement speech that's been popularized this is water um the fact that the day in day out of adult human existence is like it can be pretty soul-sucking 
unless mm-hmm. we actively choose something that will give us joy and happiness and fulfillment within that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being stuck in our own houses, the day in, day out of it, is suffocating in interesting ways. Yeah, so I, yeah. Yeah, so I think it, it, it begs kind of an interesting question of why why do we need change? Why do we need to see different walls, even if they're just the same thing? Like, there's, you still have walls all around you. Mm-hmm. You're still in a place that has a bed and a mm-hmm. kitchen. I mean, you don't have many amenities there, it seems, that you don't already have at home. Yeah, and I took a lot of my stuff at home that I'm getting away from with me. Yeah. For example, the mixer and the microphone. Oh, but you never want to get away from your mixer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. There are other things I did leave at home, believe me. Um, But yeah, so, you know, I brought a fair bit of home with me, but yet it still seems to be doing some sort of of a a, a trick. But I mean, I I do know that whatever was happening, you know, in, in my home, which I love so much, which is perfectly fine, but I had to get out of. Uh, just not finding a lot of joy in, 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 in too much of it, you know? Um, another, you wake up and it's another day with the same routine, same pattern, same habits, just sort of locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know what it was that was, you know, well, let's go. Let's, let's just get out of town for a week and go, so, could be socially distant somewhere else. If nothing else is just and change for the sake of change, you know, get some variety. I don't know what it's doing to me, but uh, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Well, have you noticed anything different in terms of your <clears throat> mental state since you've changed locales? Yeah, I think I have. Um, definitely how my brain feels, believe it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was when I, when I left, you know, when I got here for a couple of days, uh, like my brain felt so spacious that it, it was almost like a headache. It was almost like a tension headache. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. Um, or it was a tension headache, <laughs> you know, you know, le- leaving somewhere and reflecting back on, you know, all the things that I have to do, all the stuff that I feel like I'm not going to be able to do, all the, you know, the stuff that I need to do, but, you know, now I'm going to do it here and not there, you know, and, what is that going to look like? And I mean, it's not a it's not a vacation for Shawnee either. I mean, she's only off two days this week, mm-hmm. you know. So she's been you know in the other room, you know, banging it out as if she was uh, sitting at home as well. And by and large, so have I. So have I. We're just doing it somewhere else. And but I mean, my my brain did feel a little bit different for a while, and I think it still sort of does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it still does. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a day or so ago, I'm trying to remember what day it was. I remember a day or so ago, you told me that you had like a blog percolating in your head. Yeah. That you, that was starting to like come bursting out. And it's interesting because yeah. you've kind of had a little bit of writer's block recently. So do you think that there's a relationship between moving locations and new ideas percolating? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, it, I think it's all in my head, but of course it is. Everything I mean, where is. Else, yeah, where else would it be? Um, where else would it be? 
Um, but yeah, that that the first shift in 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 overcome I don't know if overcoming is the right word, right? Um, the writer's block was you know we talked about this earlier the typewriter you know mm-hmm. doing like doing it a different way, and now it's like doing it in a different location. And um, I think I've written more in a variety of media over the last. Uh, a couple of days than I have probably in the last month. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm, I'm just getting up first thing in the morning. It's like banging pages out, banging yeah. pages out. Um, and how much more- of that is going to turn into a blog? I don't know. You know, how much of it is going to be for internal consumption only? Some, but who knows? Yeah, it was um, interesting. This morning we met for meditation, as we mm-hmm. tend to on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you mentioned that you had already done your morning pages for the day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was like one of the first times I logged in and I'm like a, the slacker. Like I hadn't done my morning pages and Paul's like, yeah, I already knocked out three pages. Knocked and, those out, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, so it did kind of give me this thought like, hmm, what's happening there that like. Yeah. And those three pages were easy to knock out. Yeah, you know, it's like great. sit down, right? Feels like a good place to stop. You know, uh, I, I could have gone. I could have done more. I could have done a fourth page. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, time for coffee. You know what's I'm I'm actually enjoying my morning pages in a different way, and and it's sort of the most silly and perhaps trivial reason, mm-hmm. but it's still fun and it relates to the idea of difference and change. Um, so as you might know, Paul, I recently came upon a whole bunch of ink for my fountain mm-hmm. pens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, like, each day I'm writing with, I I have a rotation of three colors because I have three fountain pens that I'm writing with right now. Um, and so there's something about, like, getting to choose, like, what color am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. Um, that, I don't know, there's something fun and playful in that. Um, and I feel like that allows me a little more leeway with my own creativity or my mm. own flow as a writer. Just a little choice, a little change. Not just the ho-hum blue ink every day, but purple. Yeah, so you don't have to go and be somewhere else for a week. You could change the ink. Yeah, but that's akin to the typewriter versus the keyboard, you know, on the laptop as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, even our listeners don't know this, but like I change locations even where I sit and record because Mm -hmm. I'm now in my bedroom, which I reordered the furniture in this bedroom. Um, and you know, there's actually people that kind of recommend that you ch- move the furniture of your house, like seasonally. Yeah. Seasonally. Yeah. Um, and there must be some sort of reason, right? Like there's, there must be some sort of connection between mood and change. Mm-hmm. So why do we need change? Yeah. So, I mean, who cares what side of the room that the chair is on? I mean, what, right. what does that? have anything to do with it and um we were also mentioning uh this morning that uh and I'm, I'm, i shouldn't be the one talking about this i'm the one who knows the least about it the abbey right is taking reservations again for people to go and decompress unplug your words would be better and more accurate than mine in this mm-hmm. you know um and just to go and engage in a creative endeavor or contemplative practice in some way or another that's somewhere else. So, I mean, yeah. there's the, what does, what does change? There's two questions. We can get one at a time. What does change 
unlock for you, which is a good one. But I'm also equally fascinated by why can't I do this at home? Because it's like, you know, seven day meditation retreat where I sit around and do nothing all day except focus on my breath and what's moving through me. I could do that at home. Can you? Can you? You know, mechanically, can you versus will to power? Can you versus because you could, but you didn't. Yeah. Did you? You you went somewhere else to do it. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. So you bring up the Abbey, um, which is a reference to the Holy Cross Abbey in Berryville, Virginia, um, which is a place that I have been exactly two times um, Hmm. and I've spent two weekends there. Um, and even though I've only been there twice, it is like an incredibly powerful place to me, um, Mm. because of what can happen in the space of that little bit of change of scenery. Um, Mm. so it's kind of an interesting situation where it's a silent retreat, um, which as soon as you tell someone that it's a silent retreat, if they're not someone who's like practice and contemplative practice, They're like, oh, the initial response is always, oh, I can never shut up that long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, considering how much I talk, our listeners are familiar with this. um, It's somewhat surprising, even to me, that I can shut up for a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But so you you go into this place and you find your name on a wall that tells you which room you're going to be in. And you have your little room, which is just, you know, really basic twin bed. Uh window overlooking the mountains um private bathroom mm-hmm. like a bar of soap sink toilet all to yourself all you need. um yeah and then you you check in with whatever you got and basically there's no structure to the retreat except you should maintain silence um there's a kitchen and breakfast is on your own lunch they come through with these little bells exactly at noon Everybody hauls into the cafeteria. Uh, you serve yourself at lunch, and then you bus your own table. You rinse your mm-hmm. plates, and the kitchen staff, you know, cleans them. Take it from uh, there, yeah. Yeah, but the food is—it's um, very basic. You know, food your grandma would make, um, mm-hmm. but it's—it's it's basic. It's good. Uh, you know, my grandma would say, "Puts meat on your bones," kind of food, <laughs> right? And. Uh, so you do that twice a day, like 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock, and you're with other people, but you're eating in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like the first time I went on one of those retreats, I remember waking up and realizing that I had never spent time um, completely alone in my own desires for like how do I want to spend the day it is entirely up to me I'm not going to check in with anyone else Mm -hmm. all day long Mm -hmm. um so the space that that affords is pretty amazing and then the other thing is like because your meals are all planned like suddenly you're not choosing the question that we left with last episode of uh what's for dinner I guess that was two episodes now um you're not asking that question. Like it's, it's done for you. Um, so all this change away from the day to day, day in, day out sort of, should I do laundry? Do I need to do the dishes? 
all of that's taken off the table. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have space for what's happening in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you find is the, the burn-in period for getting accustomed to that? Do you feel like you have to sort of take a little time to exit the atmosphere before you can coast yeah. without friction? Yeah. So and to you speak? Know, so you know what's interesting is like, both times that I've gone, it's been an incredibly painful experience. Like, I, I'm just going to be honest. Um, the first time, because I was, like, going through something, both emotionally and physically, that was just difficult. Um, so it was super hard. Um, and I'm not sure that time that I ever actually got through the burn-in period at oh, all. Like, I just burning, was... Yeah. I just was... I was kind of alone with my feelings and re- walked away realizing, yeah, you can do that and not die. Interesting. Good to know. If that's what you learn, that sounds like a win to me. Yeah. I was like, ooh, and let's do this again. Yeah, if that's what you win, if that's what you learn, that's a win. Yeah. But I think whenever I have vacations, that's there is always a an acclimating period where, like, if you're, if you're going at the speed, like you're on the hamster wheel, if you just mm-hmm. suddenly jump off, you're going to feel gross for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens anytime I do vacation. It takes like at least the first couple of days. My husband and I, if we have a week off to d- together, like clockwork, the first day we'll fight. Mm. Not about anything real. We'll just right. like... Come up with something. We're uncomfortable. <laughs> we're not figure Like, you know, the atmosphere has changed and we feel nauseous. Um, so... It takes a little while to, to sort that out of our system. Yeah. 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 Um, what about you? Like, how long? Well, yeah. It- you're, you're not fighting with each other. You're fighting and you're with each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fighting with yourself, with someone else in the room. Uh, I'm being possibly. uncomfortable near him. Yeah. 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 That sounds like a similar experience to, to some that I, that I have had. Um, my, my summer uh, destination of late has been IMS, the Insight Meditation Society mm-hmm. in Barry, Mass. Uh, do a week-long silent retreat. Um, I like to go up there. Um, why would you go all the way up to Massachusetts to do a meditation retreat? Couldn't you do that at home? Okay. Yes, but I don't. Um, and uh, they do the whole, they go the whole nine yards as well. So you, you show up, they, you know, they don't have your room on the, on a board. They give you a key that has a, you know, that has a number on it in a, in a building you're going to stay in. But you're with other people. Usually if it's full, about 70 other people, you know. Um, and you get a room with a, you know, a twin-size bed and a, uh, and a sink and a mirror and a small closet and a chair and a window that looks out over something on, on the grounds. Uh bring your own bar of soap and you get, you get three solids, you know, um, a guy comes or, or a woman or someone comes around with a bell, uh, three times a day. And the first one is at five, five thirty, five thirty, you know, and they stand right outside your door and they cry. It's like, yeah, oh, God, you get used to it pretty quick. Um, and you know, simple locally sourced, meals you know that their kitchen staff prepares locally sourced food that their ingredients that their kitchen staff prepares um the big meal is lunch uh mm-hmm. d- dinner is a lighter fare of usually some crusty bread and a th- hearty soup kind of mm-hmm. thing um and uh they take your phone i mean they take your phone and they put it in the office safe for for seven days and mm-hmm. 
uh, put your name on a little slip of paper and they put it in a Ziploc bag and into the office safe it goes and you get it back when we're done. And you, you sort of have to agree to that mm-hmm. before you're going you're gonna to do it and people and people do it. And so uh, I think, oh my God, I can never go without my phone for that long. How, could, how can anybody ever do that? Um, and you feel really uncomfortable and you feel really naked and, and alone and isolated without it for about 20 minutes. And then you're fine. And then you realize, well, this is actually kind of nice. You know, I'm not checking this thing. I didn't pay attention to other sort of things. But they don't give you too much to uh, to have to worry about there. So um, rather than being left completely to your devices, which I guess you technically are, your day is pretty pretty scheduled down to the down to the to the minute a lot of times. So that first bell's gonna ring at about five thirty. And I guess you have a decision whether you're gonna get up and participate in the activities which you went there to do. Um, or, or not, but you're gonna you're gonna do four things while you're there. You're gonna you're gonna sleep, and you're gonna eat, and you're gonna walk, and you're gonna sit. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so you know the the meditation duration is forty five minutes. So you're gonna sit for forty five minutes, then you're gonna walk for forty five minutes, and then you're gonna eat, and then you're gonna sit, and you're gonna walk, and you're gonna sit, and you're gonna walk, and then you're gonna eat, and you're gonna you know do your yoga job your yogi job which is either going to you know help in the kitchen and put dishes away or you're going to sweep the floors or so everybody who's there gets a yogi job for about an hour a day you participate in some activity that is your voluntary you know service to the place so they don't have to hire janitors and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff which is nice keeps costs down um and then you the bell rings at two and then you sit and you walk and then you sit and you walk and then there's dinner and then there's a dharma talk and then you walk and then you sit and then you go to bed mm-hmm. and you go to bed um nothing to read um literature is discouraged uh writing utensils are discouraged <laughs> you are yeah eye contact is discouraged you know uh silence is maintained and so um you, they're, they're going to take everything uh away from you and then they're going to tell you everything that you're going to do Mm-hmm. It's a lot like prison, it seems. Um, and, you know, we're going to see what happens. And uh, For some strange reason, you keep going back. Well, I think there's something, there. there's a freedom in the lack of decision there. I don't want to say the lack totally. of choice, because you always have choice within it. But there's the lack yeah. of decision. Like, you have to think about what you're going to do. Yeah, the decision is to participate or not. And that's, but everything else is scripted for you. And I think... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes on days like earlier today we were talking and I was saying that I was in a little bit of a fog. Um, and part of it, I think, had to do with the fact that I have so many things on my ought to list. So many things on my want to list. Mm-hmm. And I don't have good methods for figuring out what to what to start with, how to triage it, blah, blah, blah. And I think right. that's the day in, day out existence is you wake up every day and you try to figure out how are you going to negotiate for the next 16 hours or whatever that you're awake? How are you going to negotiate what you want to do, what you're obligated to do mm-hmm. and what the world will feel like it's on fire if you don't do? Right. Um, and then you go to bed and you get up and you do it again. And so I think these places take us outside of that loop of because, you know, whatever your obligations to the world are, are sort of, we press pause on them Mm -hmm. when we're in those spaces. And isn't that interesting that 
we know that we can go to retreats like this and put pause and the world will go on without us. Yeah, that's the surprising thing I think that we figure out is that the world sort of kept going, didn't it? Mm -hmm. um, oh my God, what am I going to do without the news? What am I going to do without, you know, it's like absolutely nothing happened during that week when I was gone. It's like I there are no consequences to me not being plugged into all these things that I've right. been plugged into all day. And the burn-in period was, to just to answer the question, about two, two and a half days. Yeah. Um, it, you get really kind of jittery, anxious for about two days, two and a half days, almost three. And then you wake up the next day and it's like, well, here I am. What are you going to do? Let's go sit and then we'll have some breakfast. And it's you know, you, the desire to think about what you have to do sort of uh, gives up. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's release. It's, it's abandonment to the way things are going to be. And you, know, you quit trying to come up with something. You, keep, you quit trying to game it in some way. You quit trying to be cute and creative on how do I sneak in a pen and a notebook or a book or something like mm -hmm. that. It's like, eh, what are you going to do? Right. But what's interesting is so, so it sounds like, though it is difficult and challenging in certain ways, you get something out of the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And I oh, get yeah. something out oh, of yeah. my, my versions of this. Um, so we find it valuable in part because of the change. And yet we would not choose to live like that either. Yeah. Yeah. Man, right when you finish that, you, it sure is tempting, though. It's like, man, do I have to go back? Do I really yeah. want my cell phone back? What if I just, like, moved in to this place and I never actually moved back? <laughs> right. Went back, which is an unreasonable thing because, I mean, there is a mortgage payment and things like that that comes to. Mm -hmm. That can be a tricky transition. Yeah. Going back, back down to that and reintegrating back in. Yeah. But I, I, you know, the reason I ask, like, well, could we live like that? I, I really do think that too much of anything, no matter how good it is, is just still too much, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it. What's, what's, what are you here for, right? Are you here to, to, you know, do four things: eat, drink, you know, or eat, eat, sleep, walk, and sit. Because I mean, even in the summer, under normal circumstances, COVID nineteen notwithstanding, by you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, Sherry, but you know, by mid late July I start getting a little bit jumpy you know it's like a little punchy it's like yeah, all right I've been sitting around for long enough time to time <laughs> to get back into time to get back into how I know this is going to go in mid-August when this semester starts up again I don't know if I'm feeling that this semester or not um or this this summer or not I don't think I am but after, you know it, all that all that change and all that difference feels pretty good you know once you kind of settle into it then it's like eh, I guess it's time to go home yeah yeah, I mean, that is interesting. Um, this, you know, I haven't taken a lot of unstructured summers in the past. Um, like last summer, um, as you know, by the time we got to this part of the summer, I'd only mm -hmm. been off for a few weeks because right. I taught the first right. six weeks. Um, and I was still very resistant to time, downtime, unstructured time. Um And so I think I was really itching to get back into the classroom, to get back into routine. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what's different for me, at least this year, is that 
whatever routine we're going to get into in this fall is not in any way the routine we recognize. No way. Yeah, there's no way. So as much as we crave the novel, we don't crave something this different. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what um, people are starting to chafe a little bit, I think, is that as different as this these times feel, the fact that there's no, you know, like when you go to a retreat and you choose silence and solitude, you know the end date for that retreat. Yeah, it's a week and right yeah we don't know the end date for pandemic life yeah it keeps getting moved back a little bit. yeah so i think we're having to get more creative about how do we experience the release of mm-hmm. this new existence um i mean i know i i find myself as much as i am thinking you know we need to grow from this and we need to not go back to normal times like normal mm-hmm. times weren't so great in the first place normal times were not so, i don't remember being hugely blissful yeah at <laughs> everything back in the in the normal times you know yeah. so yeah there's some things that we could tweak but i to do say the least to say the least yeah but i do find myself craving times where i forget that this is our reality like mm-hmm. um saturday was my birthday and so i found myself just sitting at a picnic table eating takeout food, like pizza and great takeout from one of my favorite restaurants Um, with just like four friends. um, And it was really easy to forget the reality, um, Mm -hmm. except that at the end of the night, we all stood up and walked away from each other without any like hugging or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so with the exception of that moment, just for a minute, I feel like I could forget where we were. Hmm. Um, and I I was surprised at how much I was craving that blissful ignorance. Right. It's almost like homesickness, but not for home. It's for home. It's like homesickness for, I don't know what you would say, pre, pre-COVID, you know, uh, way of being, even though it wasn't. You know, nothing's ever perfect about your home, but when you leave it and you're used to it, there are parts of it that you miss, no matter what they might be. You know, and I, I went through this spate a little bit earlier when I was trying to reconstruct my mom's recipes from when we were growing up just because of the, um, I don't know, the comfort, the, the whole comfort food, home cooking kind of notion of it. It's like, dude, it's mac and cheese with... <laughs> with ground beef in it and then after my dad had a heart attack it was ground turkey in it just because they wanted to start eating healthy so it's not like it was you know french cooking at its finest you know but it was it was the way that things were in a when when things made sense and things were predictable and that's that's sort of gone and as we all know i'm not i don't think we're saying anything that people don't really kind of feel in their bones already um, but that is interesting, though, and to this was not a willing transition that we made. This mm-hmm. was foisted upon us, and it is ongoing, and there's not an end to it in yeah. sight. And what the, you know, and when, when people say, man, I can't wait till all this is over, it's like, yeah, that's going to be great while this is over. And then, you know, are they thinking we're going to go back to the way things were? Because those days are gone. Um there's a lot of stuff that's never coming back again. 
Too much uh, has changed. Too much has changed, yeah, and too many new routines are forming and too many opportunities are being seen that were forced to be seen that now work okay. I mean, my wife's probably never going to go in the office again. Why would she? She can do the exact same thing from the kitchen table than she can from the office park in Chantilly. Why? Why, why keep the office park? Why, you know... Um, and it sort of re for me reemerges that conversation. It's like, does my drive time to my office count for part of my workday? And the employer will say no. Uh, I think everybody right now would say affirm yes because uh, I I learned how to work from home. If I am thankful enough to still have a job, uh, in many cases, or if I'm not, you know, working in a place that requires me to be in person. Um, for all these people that are not being forced to work at home, it's like, well, I can do this in my house. Why do we have to drive somewhere and do it? It's going to be a reckoning. Uh, it's going to be a reckoning when things reopen, whatever that whatever that means. Because one of our one of our daily walks that we take, because um, we try to get out on our feet a little bit, at least once a day, we go uh, right by a high school, and then right next to the elementary school, sort of by it. And those buildings have been sitting empty now for a long time. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting empty for a long time. And what do we do with all of these empty? empty buildings, which seems like such a great idea at the time, which undoubtedly were, but now are unusable. Mm-hmm. Unusable. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Sort of a rant. I don't know if that was a rant or a soapbox there for a while, but... Well, a ranty box? A rant box, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting... I think there's a, a whole bunch of questions sort of packed within it. I think... I don't know. I think we're going to have to contend with something as simple as what does it mean to be alive? Um, yeah. Right. Because, right. right, like, I think right now we can do a lot of the things that we have been doing in this mediated fashion. Um, but does that mean we should do them in this fashion? Um, you know, like you and I have been recording every episode of this podcast online. We can do that. Does yeah. that mean that it is, like, is it equally good for us to record in this way as it is to record sitting on a couch, you know, three feet from each other? Is yeah, that well, we the have, same we have, thing? We have two data points, right? We have two data points. The first one in a couple of weeks ago, or I guess it's probably a month ago, so ago by now. Um, uh, yeah, we have a couple of data points. Uh, from uh, the first one and one from a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, interestingly, we do a pretty good job on Zoom as well. We, we do. prefer to do this in person? Well, yeah, I think both of us might agree that we would. I like how you're hedging, like, maybe. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. Um, Obviously, Paul. Obviously. You know, but I mean, when, when after we record, I never think, wow, that would have been so much better in person. I really, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't cross my mind anymore. I, I, maybe it did. Maybe it did. Um, but quality, I don't know if quality is lost. So It feels different, but I don't know if the quality of it is lost. I, I don't think it's a quality issue. I think it's a content issue. I think... The change changes the product, right? It's it's just like, what will you write in this vacation rental? 
versus what you would have written if you stayed at home. Right. I think we will never know what kind of podcast we would have recorded if we had stayed on campus this spring. Yeah, that's true. Um, and is that what this is? Um, why did I? Why did we go away for a week? Why did I, why did I get a vacation rental in the mountains for a week? Because um, I'm already in a place that is different to the way that it was. Is this a, a change of scenery and a change of process that has bounds that I understand in lieu of a change of process that um, is involuntary that's foisted on me? Um, by by circumstances. So there's the way it was, and there's COVID, and now I'm taking a vacation to go somewhere else for a, a determined amount of time uh, <laughs> to get a, a quote-unquote away from it all and see some different things, uh, which just happens to be unlocking some creativity and feels great to do. Then I'm going to go back to the way that it was, which is not the way that it was. Right. Well, so I have a question for you. Yes. So... You are, so you have a vacation week, right? Mm -hmm. Shauna has to work, but Paul technically probably could have put an out of office message up for three days. Yeah. And totally checked out. So why have you chosen to continue some work for your employer? Why are, why did you choose to record a podcast? On your vacay. We've got one in the bag. We didn't have we got one to in the record bag, yeah. today. Yeah, so, we do have one in the bag. So what made you choose the routine even in your resistance of routine? Yeah, and I think those are two different answers. I think I have, two, I, think I have a different answer for each one. I think each one okay. is different. Um, and I'll answer the podcast one first uh, because it brings me joy. Mm. It brings me joy. I mean... This is not taking away from a vacation doing this. I mean, this is as joyful as anything that I'd be doing on a vacay, if not more so. Um, yeah, I mean, this is no, it, I feel no resistance to this. I mean, it, it's it's podcast Tuesday. I mean, who am I to say no to that? And it's podcast Tuesday for a reason. I mean, podcast Tuesday is because I want to record a podcast on Tuesday. And um, it, it's great to do it. So, Right. And um, let's not show shine too Close of a light on the fact that Sherry chose not to record. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, when that's she was fine. on her vacation. Anywho, not yeah, because um, the podcast doesn't bring. Well, we had one in the bag. Um, well, I think we also we got to learn what it felt like to not record one for a week. Cool. Now yeah, we know what that feels like. Yeah, that's let's data. not do yeah, that again. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> and it requ- I mean, it's like it's effort. I mean, it's like it's a lot of work. I mean, it's like yeah, cool. Talk to Sherry. Hit the button. It's all good in the hood. Um, the work one is different. So I did, you know, hunker down and send a whole lot of emails mm-hmm. uh, today, like a lot of emails today. Um, and uh, it was stuff that I've needed to do for a while, but I haven't because it it was just an extraordinary sense of resistance. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm here and I made a decision to do it and I did it and it took about three hours and now it's done. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It gets back to that, what about going some and, and being in other places not only unlocks creativity, although it does sometimes, but also removes resistance or lets you overcome resistance or, I hate to say, power through or anything like that. But um, what what is different that let that be 
something that happened. You know, because yeah. it's like it, I could have sent these emails, you know, and I'm, I'm, I don't I don't want people to think that it's sitting around and sending four of them. It was over, you know, over two thousand got got sent out today by by my account. Um, and it was gathering data sets and it was collecting distribution lists and it was writing the thing and then it was coming up with the different audiences and the tweaks to the thing to go out to different audience. So it was this whole process. It's like, I could have done this in a much more controlled environment with more reliable Wi-Fi on a, you know, on a PC that I understand more that's easier to work with, with dual mm-hmm. big monitors and all that. But no, I did them from the laptop at the table in a, <laughs> in, in a, in a rental place, you know, in a mountain with sketchy Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yet I did, and it went just fine, and it went just fine, and now and it's now done. It's and I feel great. Yeah. yeah, and it feel great. So, um, does the everyday trappings of habit and routine that we find in our places where we spend most of our time get incorporated into the body? That you know, as we have to move our bodies in different ways to navigate different spaces that we have not yet been, liberate the same in our minds, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're, we're kicked out of our bodily routines, you know, temporal routines by being in a different place. Um, and does that say, you know, to your mind, well, hell, you know, yeah, time to reset. I guess there's no routines to hold. So the, re- the whatever resistance is on temporary suspension and it's like where everything else is different. Might as well just send them. Right. Well, it's like your body is busy taking in new sensory input, so it's not occupied with telling you the same song and dance it's been telling you. Right? Like, you know, your body is busy being like, ooh, what are the new smells we have in this house? Yeah. And what does this yeah. chair feel like? And, you know, so it's like distracted and isn't able to mm-hmm. be like, oh, sending these emails is going to suck. I yeah. mean, it's probably still doing that, but it's just not, the volume's turned down. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt so much less. It's like, you know, sending emails, what are you going to do? You write the yeah. email, you get the list, you put the people in the BCC, and you send it. That, yeah. What's the big damn deal? Whereas at home, it would have been like, oh, my God, I hate sending. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow never never came. Tomorrow never came. Yet mm-hmm. here I am. You know, That's- I don't need to send it tomorrow. I need to go somewhere else and do it. You know, right. and God bless the coffee shop. You know, where in so much of this work has happened previously. Well, and I think that 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 really speaks to a lot of the struggle that I feel right now is that a lot of the tasks that I used to resist the most, I would get done by going to a coffee shop or, you know, like even, you know, I had colleagues that I would meet up with and have like shut up and work sessions. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of that connectivity of being with another human, not talking to them, but just being with them in a different space, you know, hearing someone else breathing near you somehow yeah. helps me be more productive or attending meetings that I'm not looking forward to um, standing up instead of sitting down. For some reason, the sensation mm-hmm. of like standing there pacing makes things more bearable. Yeah, the walking meeting is something that I've heard suggested. It's like do all your, if you want to have the most efficient uh, meeting with people, we've talked about meetings before in this podcast, and I don't want to 
encourage people to have them. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but if you do, you know, uh, no chairs. Everybody on your feet, right? You'll knock that two-hour meeting out in yeah. 20 minutes. 20 you know, minutes, Paul, so. one day we ought to do a walking podcast. Yeah, we I, should. That would be interesting. That would be yeah. interesting. It would be weird because we'd have to be like tethered to each other to have the zoom between us. Yeah, we have the well, we have the mobile zoom, right? We can yeah. clip on a little belt and a couple of couple of lapels. We could do it. Lapels. We, yeah, we, could we would totally have to do it. Yeah. Totally do it. Yeah. Um that would be interesting. Cuz be who knows, right? Like we have not recorded. A, we have not had a walk and talk. Well, We've yeah, we have. But on the yeah, phone, but we haven't yeah, recorded little, it. Yeah, yeah, we haven't recorded it. Uh, we do have conversations that we don't record every once in a while. <laughs> Listeners might be surprised to know. Like, um, for 12 minutes a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting, though, to me. Because uh, you can you can hack that in the coffee shop thing in other ways. I mean, you can you can download coffee shop sounds, mm-hmm. you know, onto your phone and, and play them through it through headphones while you're working it's like oh, i'm at the coffee shop i'm gonna be in the exact same physical place i am uh however with coffee shop sounds in my head and here comes the flow you know and the mm-hmm. productivity just sort of oozes out of you i think so i mean people are trying to game and hack that a little bit which is great if that's what you have to do um these days i think we do whatever we have to do in order to get by with it because you're sure shit not going to a coffee shop anytime soon and hanging out you know, and hearing coffee shop sounds behind the counter while you're working, you're going to yeah. get your order and go. Um, and you know, what is the what is the future of the coffee shop if the only product they have to sell is coffee? Because the ambiance is the is the is the thing. Well, I think. I mean, I think that's the interesting question of how long. How long will we not gather? Um, because I think so much work, I mean, even like, you know, these co-working spaces that popped up all over the region, um, they kind of operated under this idea of the fact that like, we work together better Mm -hmm. somehow. And so those places, of course, are, you know, belly up right now. Yeah. So Um, empty. Yeah. And so somehow we're all trying to, we're all figuring out how to get this done at home. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure that I have found good substitutes for the coffee shop experience. Like, even though I have used the Spotify playlist and all that stuff. I don't think I have either. Yeah. It's interesting how, I think what I'm hearing in this conversation is that we both crave, we crave the new experience and the old experience all at the same time. Yeah. Why can't we just be happy with what we have? Yeah. I mean, I've got a nice bed I'm sleeping in. I get it. We're eating pretty well. I'm getting a walk in a day. You know, a spirited walk, not just a token walk. Um, what's so bad about that? Yeah, I mean, human connection is missed. You know, in-person in human interpersonal contact is, is out the window. And that. Is that it? Is that it? You know, is, is a lot of it is just, I mean, we, it's got to be more than we just chalk it up to all well, people just don't like change and their resistance to it. It's been four months. You know, it's been long enough to for a new 
you know, I'll, I'll never use the phrase new normal, um, a, a new way of being and new habits to form. And I think new habits are forming, you know, I think for but me, it's still really hard. It's still really hard for people. Well, I think what's really difficult right now is what makes us in this moment feel alive, right? Like when I think about the things like over the last year of my life, for example, like the moments where I felt the most alive, like mm-hmm. I am a human person in the world and I feel more alive than I ever have. Right. Right. I don't feel that most of the time on mm-hmm. a Zoom call. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you know, it's, it's at happy hours with colleagues or it's it's at a concert, right? Like it's the things that make us feel alive. Like the, when joy, how often has joy snuck up on you in a Zoom call? Yeah, it snuck up. It sneaks up. It does, you know. Usually when the record button's on. Usually when the record button is on, but um, in the Artist Way group last night, you know, I found a lot of joy in that. I mean, that was a great conversation we had, good friends. Uh, it was a deeper set of conversations that I think we, well, I don't know, we usually, we oftentimes have yeah. deep conversations there, but it was a good one. So there was something about it that was a good one. It was what, week 10? Was that week 10 that of the Artist 10. Way? Week yeah, 10, week we all know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're all on each other's side at this point, you know, but yeah. it, it got pretty deep. Um, and I felt that deep. joy too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, this is great. This is great. You know, yeah. is it the same? No. But it well, ain't that it, bad, you know. You know, the other thing that's interesting about that, and I think it is one of the things that makes that space in particular feel so. Uh, yeah, it is. It is maybe the reason Joy sneaks up is that 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 group never would have been possible before COVID. I mean, it would have been possible, but it wouldn't have happened because yeah, right. You know, we right. have people. We have people in that group from sort of all branches of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some that don't live in Northern Virginia, um, some that don't even live in our time zone, and so these people are connecting across time and space. that this thing made possible. And so it's horrible. And I think a lot of times in that space of that group, we sit with the challenges that we face within the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something beautiful that's happening in the formation of a community. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is for me. Um, I think now I'm just trying to figure out what makes me feel alive. Um, and I think it might be going back to our first ever episode, community. Community. The point is community. Yeah. Yeah, and as those redefine uh, there's a understandable resistance to a new way of being with them because change is always a little bit uncomfortable uh-huh. um, for anyone, I think. Um, yet as a new way of being comes into acceptance which i think is what's going to happen because it's going to be a while you know but when we say it's going to be a while again that presumes that things are going back which i don't know what that would ever actually look like um 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's the burn-in period for this? And yeah. we might not be there yet. We might not be there yet. Um, and I mean, last night, it's so funny because, you know, as part of my vacay thing, I we don't have uh, cable TV at our house. Mm. We, we're a streaming-only household. Yes, us um, too. And uh, it was... So when, when we're at a place and they have cable TV, it's like, ooh, I'm going to get away and go to this place in the mountains and it's going to be beautiful and I'm going to watch cable TV. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know what I don't know what station was on, but Ready Player One was on oh. uh, last night, which is uh, I think a fun a fun movie, you know, to to watch. You know, my significant other has an alternative opinion because she prefers the book of most. Books that were <laughs> made into movies. Oh man, I don't believe this. The book is. Dear so Shauna, much, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, she's okay. like, ah, oh, the book is so much better. I'm like, well, I didn't read the book, so I'm going to enjoy the movie. Um, and you're watching this, and people are in Oasis, and their digital selves are meeting and having these conversations. And uh, uh, are we there? Are we there? Because this could be the beginning of that. You know, where we're going to have. Uh, I mean, it's, if if anybody you know, out there remember Second Life, they tried to do that a little bit with it. Uh, <laughs> to infuriating, uh, to infuriating uh, effect, I think. Um, it, it, it was a little bit more trouble than it was worth. Um, but I, I don't think the problem is with the idea of what that is. I think the problem was the execution mm-hmm. of it. I think, I think bandwidth and compu- computational power just wasn't there yet. Yeah. This wasn't there yet for the story they were trying to tell, and and you know, it, it, and we got Zoom doing pretty good teleconferencing. We got Samsung and uh, Oculus putting VR headsets on us, and how long will it be? You know, until you're sitting around a conference table with your coworkers with a headset on in an avatar, so. Yeah, I mean, it's like the technology for all of these things is here, and here. which means somebody has already done this. It's out there. It's been done in a lab somewhere in uh, in, uh, in in Silicon Valley. It's been done, right? Well, and I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Ready Player One because I have been, I've been thinking about that book, and I guess the movie too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think about the movies. Um, so I will confess part of the reason that I love the book, um, is because I listened to the audiobook on an airplane and the audiobook mm. is read by Will Wheaton, who mm. is probably one of my first loves. So, right. you know, right. there's that. But anyhow, um, so I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about the stacks and the, uh, you know, one of the reasons I love sci-fi is that it can let you do these thought experiments about what happens to humanity and at what point do we stop being human? Like, for right. me, because I've like i studied... Sci-fi was kind of what I focused on as an undergrad. And mm-hmm. that's essentially always the question that I feel like science fiction is always asking is, when do we stop being human? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm wrestling with the question of what does it mean to feel and to be alive right now? Um, And 
that's the part that I don't understand yet is that I know in the normal times or whatever, I knew what it felt like to be alive. Uh Um, And I think a lot of what's happening in pandemic life feels like an unsatisfying replacement for those experiences. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, imagine if we all had headsets that we, that we, that we put on and uh, entered our whatever VR space uh, to engage with each other. And we used that technology and that opportunity to have a meeting around a virtual conference table. What a spectacular squandering of technology and resource that would be. It's like all this technology and all these resources put together and you're going to use it for this, you know, to try to reclaim something that was in the past, to, to try to reclaim what was lost. You right. know, why not take that technology and look forward with it instead of look, you're going to put all this, all this gear and tech on yourself, leverage a shocking technology and you're going to turn around and look backwards with it, you know? What? That points, I mean, that is such a human thing to do, though. Like, yeah, I mean, look at look at the Internet, right? Like, oh, the Internet, what an amazing tool. What do we do with it? Cat videos and porn. Cat videos and porn. Yeah, that's what we use it for. Right. Let's be honest. We're not. I mean, we're we are such weirdos when it comes to like what just what humans do is so. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there have been books written about this, you know, um. I mean, is 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 the trajectory of human history just new technological ways to do the exact same thing that you, that you did previously? You know, is is the human story just one of building a better mousetrap? You know, yes. what was wrong with the? You know, I don't need a I don't need a horse because I can walk there. Well, I don't need a car because I got a horse. Well, I don't need a train because I got a car. So what do I need an airplane for? I can just drive it's, there or take a train. You know, it's like it's. I yeah. Is it reinventing more. A more of something way to do things that we've already sort of done. And I mean, that's what Zoom is with education now. I mean, right. I mean, people, people have talked all fancy about remote education and asynchronous learning. And uh, there was the whole MOOC experience for a while. Um, yeah. And it's like online learning is going to take the place of the in-person experience, but nobody actually did it because there was still the in-person experience right? by and but- large. And that is gone. And the discomfort is shocking that comes out of but- that. Yeah, but we're so, we are so interested in technological versions of our own, like, I remember when my nephew was young, like, oh God, he must have been, I don't know, it was a while ago. Um, but I remember my, my sister-in-law saying that uh, our, our nephew really wanted one of these Tamagotchi things, right? Yeah, this was right, like right, early right. 2000s or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, like, he was like, I really want it. You know, it's a dog. Like, you have to, you know, feed it and you have to, like, take it for walks and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like having a dog. And, like, I remember, like, Jen being like, yeah, but we have a real dog. Like, you can take this dog for a walk. Like, you can literally do that. But there's something. And, right, we have so many video games. Like, how many people have wasted significant, and I don't want to use the word wasted because I've done it. How many people have spent good human hours playing The Sims, right? Yeah. When you're literally, like, you could, like, you're also doing that in your own life, right? Yeah. Like, nothing you can do in that game is something you can't do as a yeah, human right. in real life. 
Um, so it's this interesting way that we use technology to opt out of the human experience so that we can simulate human experience. Yeah. So it's like if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to doing the dishes on the Sims is a choice. Doing dishes in person in real life is something I have to do, right? It's the exact same behavior, exact same activity, but at least I'm choosing to do it and it's not imposed upon me. Right. You know, I mean, I would love to do online learning as long as somebody didn't make me do it. You know, but it's not, (laughs) maybe that's it. It was chosen for me, which is what my resistance is. Maybe this is just really a a will to power and, and, and free will. Well, so what's interesting about that is, so I did my doctoral work in this modality, right? Like it was two-way video from the beginning. Um, I had on-campus colleagues who were in a room in at Old Dominion, and then I was online. Um, and I have long thought that this was the key to access to education, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've always thought, like, my God, if I could just have the option for my students to choose to Zoom... So that when, you know, their childcare drops out or their little sister gets sick Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. even if they're sick, right? Like throw a blanket over your head and log on anyway. Like, I mean, you know, like I think it is the key to access. But but this reality where it is the only kind of interaction I have, like. Uh, I think that's the hard part about thinking about what fall is going to look like. Um, Mm -hmm. I never mind the idea of a mediated experience with my students in a world where I thought I would have a in-person relationship with my colleagues. Right. And so that's, it's an interesting kind of trade-off. But then the other part of it, and I'm not saying this from my own experience, but I suspect other humans might be benefiting from the fact that there are a few colleagues out there that maybe you would prefer not to see. And I think Ooh. that there is a blissful way in which the mediated environment does allow you to avoid, like, you don't have to worry about, you know, bumping into the jerk at work in the hallway. Yeah, right. That's gone. And I mean, being that's the jerk bliss. at work, I appreciate that. <laughs> everybody's the jerk at work. For, You're my everybody's favorite the jerk, jerk at, work. at work. Yeah, everybody's the jerk at work for somebody, right? And if you don't know who the jerk at work is, right, it's you. Um, well, everyone is the villain in someone's story, right? Yeah, um, but I have had experiences in a classroom, in a physical classroom, where you feel truly alive and that the universe is clicking with you and that your true calling is being whatevered mm-hmm. in some way or another. And I don't know if I've had that on Zoom to quite an experience yet in a classroom experience, right? In, in an online learning sort of sort of it way. Is- and. It is definitely more challenging. Maybe I'll have that in the fall if I bring a little more attention to it. Because let's be honest with each other, the end of spring was a salvage operation at best. You know, um, I don't well, know. I don't know how many attempts were made in order to ha- to have authentic, I feel alive experiences. So much as it was to get through the damn day. Yeah, I mean, in the spring, in the spring, I had these very real exchanges with one of my classes, which was my sophomore class, you know, full of, you know, really a different level of dedication of student. And um, it was a Friday only class. And we were just, it was just a really, you know, every now and then you get these classes that are just really special 
group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that class still, it felt the same. And we always commented on it at the end of the class that it was the only thing in our lives that felt the same. Right. Um, but that's one class out of five. And I think it was only possible because we had had that community building before. Mm-hmm. And so I think the challenge for education this fall is going to be, how do you foster community um, so that you have those come alive experiences that are the reason we got into this work in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if we don't, by the time we get to December and seasonal affect kicks in, a lot of us are going to be in a really dark place. Yeah. Um, so we've got to figure out how to do that all the while knowing that I think a lot of students don't are not looking for that in online education. Like mm-hmm. you and I just mm-hmm. finished a hybrid class that we took, you know, as students this summer. Um, and I know even just how I negotiated that class as a student, I didn't, I wasn't looking to build a community. I wasn't interested in the other people. Right. Right. I was not there to make friends y'all. <laughs> I Right. I just wanted to get in, get the content, get, get the do the stuff, done, yeah. check some boxes. And I think a lot of students, I think a lot of students come to the classroom that way anyway, but I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the big resistance that we have to push against mm-hmm. now is how do we make these online spaces, communities, when people aren't necessarily looking for them to be community. Yeah. So the expectation of what you're going to get out of that college experience is... Mm-hmm. can't be held on to as tightly, you know, either. Right. It's not just the technology that's changing, it's the expectation itself that's changing. And if you had emotional attachment to uh, what that in-person educational experience was, was going to be, it's going to be a rough yeah. go. Well, and something I feel like no one's talking about right now about starting the fall um, and apologies to our listeners who don't care about academia, but <laughs> this you can chose be this podcast. To other, yeah, this can be applied to other... Uh... Um, but the thing that I think people aren't talking about is that um, a lot of our students this fall are going to be really resentful, yeah. right? Like, they think about how we build up the college experience. And these are kids who have waited their whole life, some of them, for the college experience. And Mm -hmm. they've worked their tails off for the right to the college experience. Right. And they're getting... They're getting a Zoom class. And so I I think, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking about, like, well, what is the technology we're going to use? And are we going to be online? And blah, blah, blah. We're missing the point that we have a whole generation of kids that are about to go experience both college for the first time and horrible, overwhelming disappointment at the fact that the college experience they're getting isn't what they were promised. Yeah. The rug has been pulled out from under them so many times already in the last six months, though. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the year, I mean, one of the reasons my May experience with education was so hard for me is, you know, with this group who was, who was leaving, who, um, this is the end of their Nova experience. They're going to go on to, uh, new, new stuff. 
Uh, and it was like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what? And it's like, uh, this is not how this usually goes, <laughs> you know? Uh, and for me, it's like, wow, that sucked. But I mean, I have a, I have a, a rich college experience that I have memories of that I can, I can pull from. It's like, you know, I, you know, I did all the college stuff, you know, that, you know, uh, I was, I guess, supposed to, I don't know, but, um, uh, this is part of the, of the history of, of this generation yeah. as they're going through college now. And it, uh, sure isn't what, uh, it used to be. And yeah. Yeah. college athletics goodbye. And, you know, those dorm parties just aren't going to be a thing. And, um, right. Hanging out at the coffee shop and doing your homework is, is one for the ages. Yeah. And so, I mean, these are dinosaurs that just got hit by an asteroid, all of these things. Right. And so, I mean, I think that's the hard part in this moment. Like, how do we prepare for a fall where we're up against new technologies? We are trying to teach, you know, if you're trying to teach the exact same content the exact same way, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Not at all. It's not going to work. Right. Um, And so, the more you cling to that, the harder it's going to be. Yep. Yeah. And so, I mean, I really think we're not talking enough about what, like, we're so busy trying to figure out what it's going to look like. What the solution's going to be. Yeah. What the answer is going to be. Yeah. That the conversation hasn't even shifted to how do we connect with these folks and be the faculty they need us to be so that they can have any college, like, so that they can persist in any kind of way. And it's yeah, not cause... just, are there enough sections? It's not just take their money and get them in the room. It's not even about whether they have Wi-Fi. It's, I mean, just the staggering, like, adjustment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you ever wondered whether or not, um, if you ever thought your job was to be a content specialist, uh, you are going to have a very <laughs> difficult, you know, experience in, in the fall. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it turns out that content's real cheap out there. You yep. know, you, that is not your job. Yeah. Your job is to create these meaningful experiences, I think, with these, mm-hmm. these students in the context of your subject in that order. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. Um, and that's why, I mean, I think you and I have talked about doing you know, this series on, um, hopefully I'm not talking too out of, out of line here, but we've talked about doing this series about, <laughs> don't, go look, like, don't go look for it on the internet. It ain't there yet. Yeah. Um, about what students, you know, kind of need to know or what we wish they knew going into this. Um, and I think a lot of it's come out of what we've seen our students struggle with during the normal times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because both of us, I think we are similar in that we've never thought of ourselves as just content deliverers. Yeah. Um, I haven't. We, we want more for our students in our classes than just that. Um, but I think we're going to learn a lot about what it looks like to teach this generation of students. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And I think those, and I think many of those changes will go on uh, longer than... Uh, a viral outbreak. Yeah. 
think a lot of those things, I think a lot of those adjustments, a lot of those changes are probably going to stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what if we approached every generation of students with the reality that their human existence is hard, um, not turning out the way they thought it might, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, painful, and um, yet something they have to persist within. Yeah, occasionally disappointing. Yeah. Know? Sometimes extraordinarily so. Right. Yet this life is yours. Yet this is yours. And own it. Yeah. How do we figure out how to have the joy in the moment we're in instead of the one we wish we had crafted? Yep. That's what we got. Yeah. And sometimes it's getting out of your house for a while and getting around some different walls and seeing if that unlocks any new perspectives and new creativity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to let go. Uh, when I say that in a way that makes it sound easier than it is, it's really hard. Right. Like and that's the hard suffering. homework. Yeah, that's the hard homework. The easy thing is getting out of town for a week and going somewhere else. The hard part is, you know, why, and I can let it go and realize that, you know, things has changed. Things are different in my, mm-hmm. and I'm going to change with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we're all, we're all kind of headed somewhere different and i think i think maybe that's the big challenge is trying to figure out you know i think that there are places that i want my life to be that it is not there Uh and so the challenge i think right if someone were to ask me how happy am i i think that question can only get a high ranking response if I figure out some sort of way to be happy where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It's Tricky. Work in progress. Tricky. In progress. Cool. What an interesting conversation today, Sherry. I know. And, you know, we had very little plan for this. Look very at what little. we do. Very little. We, we planned for this by saying, yeah, we'll record on Tuesday. That was yeah. <laughs> very planning. But um, we've been having some pretty good conversations lately, and some things down these lines have been coming up. Yeah. That's so far. Last year, we've had some pretty good conversations. Yeah. Good things keep coming up. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Wonderful to record with you on a podcast Tuesday. Dr. Spiegel. Yes. Thanks, Dr. Fitzgerald. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh, Indeed. And uh, we'll talk at you soon. And, of course, you are always... Welcome, welcome and encouraged, and we'd love to hear anything that you offer on the socials. So hit us up over there, too, and we'll holla back. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, folks. See you, See you Sherry. See ya. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. Yes.